Welcome to Unleashing the Champion Within with your host, Cindy Stewart. Our goal is to connect you with your best and help you live your dream and experience your passion. Each week, we'll bring you an inspiring message and give you the tools to help you release the champion within. Okay, so this morning we're going to talk about imagination. And I have talked about this before, but uh, the Lord has been talking to me about it again over the last 90 days. And usually I have ponder on stuff for a while and think about it. But last week he said, I want you to start releasing this. And I'm like, okay. And, you know, it's funny because we know that when we get something and we don't have the fullness of that revelation, as we begin to share it, more fullness comes because somebody else will have a piece that they share. And then as you release, there's, a, there's, like a, there's really like a corporate anointing that joins in it to bring more forward. And uh, I think it's going to challenge us a little bit because it challenges me a little bit. Stretch us a little bit because uh, I think God likes to stretch us. And if we allow it, it will activate us in a different way. And I want to be activated in the fullness that God has for us. That's what I want. So uh, I just want to pray for our minds to be just centered on what God wants us to know. So, Lord, we just thank you that, that your word, even that word that Deborah was given about uh, this uh, just, justified, that your word is active and alive. And as we press into your word and, and really cooperate, we reason together with you, Lord. Your word in Isaiah 118 says that, you know, we come and let us reason together. We want the fullness that you have for us. So, Lord, we just press into... Um, just life over this word. And that you will help us to unfold it uh, in our own lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So I know I preached on imagination a couple of years ago, 2015, and it's, in our, it's on our, the archives on our website, wearethegathering.com, so you can go back and look at it. It was in April. But like I said, in March, God began talking to me about partnering with him using our imagination. And I'm like, okay, that sounds good. But he wants us to partner with him using our imagination for healing and for the things that are burning in our heart that still need to come forward in our lives. And as a, as a body of believers, I think the imagination has been tethered by us because we're afraid of it. And one of the things, uh, in fact, I've, I've, I've taught on this several times, and uh, I was teaching on it at someone else's church, and someone raised their hand and said, um, we are supposed to cast down our imagination. And that, that's where they ended the scripture. And I think I told you guys this story before, but, and I said, yes, we are. But that's not actually what the scripture says. And I'm going to read the scripture. You don't have to look it up. We're actually going to go to Genesis 2 in a minute. But it says, um, cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So we know that we're supposed to cast down everything that sets itself high above God, that sets itself against who God is, against what he has for us. But imagination is part of who we are. It's who God created us to be. He gave us an imagination. That's part of our DNA. That's part of who we are. And when we choose not to use part of what God gave us, 
then we have a missing piece to where he wants to take us. We've got to use everything that God gave us. It would be like saying, okay, I have an index finger, but I'm not going to use it. So I'm going to do everything like this because I think this might be bad. Or I might, you know, do something against God because I don't understand what my index finger is for. We handicap ourselves when we don't use the fullness of what God has given us. And when we're afraid to step into something that God's going to have to train us and teach us how to use it. When we're afraid and say, well, I don't trust myself to keep my imagination under control. You're also sending a message to God saying, I don't trust you to have enough influence over me to be able to use my imagination in a way that brings glory to you. So we have to remember that God gave us who we are. He gave us our mind. He gave us our thought. He gave us our heart. He gave us our soul. He gave us our emotions. And his word says that we are no longer bound by sin because we have been made new in Christ. That that bondage to sin has been broken over us. And the life in Christ has been renewed in us. So if we're so afraid that we're going to fall into sin, then all we need to do, and all we need to do is always, always sounds so simple, doesn't it? It really does. But is to press into the word, press into community, and trust God to lead us in the fullness that he has for us for whatever we're thinking about. We have to realize that there, there has to be a level of trust of who God is to guide us in where we go. And if we say, oh, God can only guide us through our spirit, but our soul and our heart and our mind and our imagination, he's not powerful enough for that. Then we lose where we're supposed to go because we've said there's a, there's a wall between us and God. And that's what's happened with this whole thought of imagination. We've been so afraid to think and imagine what something would look like because we have been tethered by the thought of, well, what if I think of something that's not of God, so I'm just not going to think at all. Now, that actually sounds stupid, doesn't it? I mean, really. But we do. We, we do get afraid of the power that God has given us in our minds, in our imagination, in our ability to bring forth what he has planned for this season. And we want to be able to bring forth what we has, we has planned. And the way to do that is to be able to imagine what it might look like. Has anyone ever built a house before? And you um, begin to dream about what you would like it to look like. And then as you dream, you begin looking at plans and thinking, oh, I would like this, or I'd like to see this this way. I'd like the cover this way. You're imagining what you would like it to look like. And then you're bringing it to life by taking those actions to get it to come forward, right? So I, I just want us to really think about um, where are we in using our imagination? Do we feel free to use it? Or are we more hesitant to use it because we're not sure how to use it? 
or if we're even supposed to use it. In Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. His power is at work within us. So his power is at work within all of us. It's not segregated to just four of my fingers. His power's at work in all of us, in all parts of our body. It says, the eyes of your understanding, Ephesians 1.17, the eyes of your imagination, your minds, your thoughts have been opened. So I want to open up our imaginations this morning. Don't be afraid. Really. I, because the word says, Proverbs 23, I think it's 7 or 17, more the other, let me look. It says, for as he thinks in, he, in his heart, he is. As you think, you become. That's the reason we're supposed to keep our eyes focused on what is good and what is holy and what is perfect and what is righteous, because that's what we become. So that's why we're to keep our eyes on those things. When we keep our eyes on Jesus, what does it say? The more we behold him, the more we become transformed like him. It's funny about that, isn't it? Yeah, I think about that and I think, God, I know, even that song. Did anybody see I Can Only Imagine the movie? Was it good? So I think about that song, I Can Only Imagine. And when that song came out, it really spurred people thinking about what's it going to be like to really be in heaven? What's it going to be like when I see him face to face? You imagine it. Your imagination center opens up and you begin to think about, you know, what, what's it going to look like? You know, the song says, you know, do I dance before you? Do I lay on my face? I don't know what I would do. But you know that there was some pictures in his mind that went through there in order to think about that. So I want us to really open up our image center and begin to imagine with God. It's a partnership with God. You know, we don't do anything separate from God. So it is a partnership with God. And we can imagine for small things and we can imagine for big things. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't always turn out exactly the way we want it to. I remember when we were first looking for a building, we th there was a building that we thought we wanted. And we began to, you know, just pray about it and imagine what it would look like for us to be in there and all of that. And uh, as it turned out, it was way more than we could afford. I mean, it was just so we would have had to have, you know, a miracle from heaven pour into our bank account or, or, or a great benefactor or something. But in the same moment, we had seen this place. And, you know, we were dreaming about what it would, you know, what we could do and would we be able to have our healing rooms. We'd be able to do a lot more because we were sharing a spot before, so we had, to, had less access. And uh, so we were imagining having our own place, and we were looking at different places. But when we found this place, it matched where we were supposed to be. And it's interesting because the other place we were looking at turned out it had all kinds of roof problems and uh, leakage problems and all that kind of stuff. So even though we could imagine for that, it wasn't God's best for us. His best was here. And when we saw this, we knew it because everything that we had thought about fit perfectly in here. 
So I, I just want to encourage us to imagine. I want us to go to, go to Genesis 2, 19 through 20. Do you do much imagination? Do you use your imagination much? Mm-hmm. Some say yes. Some say nothing. It's not a trick question. <laughs> That's what Gene says. We use it all the time. We just don't always realize it. And that is true. That is true. So in verse 19 of um, Genesis 2, it says, So the Lord formed out of the ground every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. And the man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field. And then it goes on to talk about he needed, a, he needed a wife. But when we think about that, so God brought, he formed all the animals. God did that. And then he brought them to Adam and said, what would you like to call them? And whatever Adam called them, that's what they were. It doesn't say that God said, I didn't really like that name, Adam. Let's try again. And it doesn't say that God gave Adam all the names. He brought them to Adam and he said, what do you want to call him? And whatever he called him, that was his name. How do you think he came up with the, with the names of the animals? Through his imagination. Because there weren't, he didn't have a knowledge of animals before. They weren't named before, so he didn't say, well, that one looks like a hippopotamus, so I'm going to call it an elephant. You know, they're kind of the same shapes. You know, he, you know, he used his imagination to be able to name those animals. And God partnered with him in that. God wants to partner with us in our imagination. It's not something we just, we dream and we think about that God's not in. And we know that if it's something that, that God doesn't want for us, then he will help steer us to the right thing, whether it was that building or this building. He'll steer us to the right thing. And you know what's interesting? There are many things out in the world that skew and darken our mind. And there's things that we, it's not like we even pursue seeing it. I mean, how many walk through the grocery store counter and you have to go like this because of all the magazines there? And I know in Publix they have like, um, uh, what would you call them, like plastic, little shields. So all you can see is the name of the magazine. But, you know, when you think about it, there's things coming at us all through the day that can cloud our imagination or that can put something in our imagination that we didn't want to see. It wasn't like we were out pursuing whoever the latest person is on the magazine that barely has any clothes on, that's on the front cover. It's not like we were out pursuing that. It's just that it's coming toward us, right up and down 19, and look at some of the billboards. You're like, don't look at that one. No, I'm trying to drive. You know, you're trying to, eyes open, eyes closed, I don't know. But, you know, think about it. We're not out pursuing that. You're turning on the TV, and all of a sudden something pops up that you're like, whoops, I, you know, turn the channel quick. It's not like we're pursuing it, but there are things that come to us that 
uh, enter into our mind. They enter into our image center. But you know that we have the ability to cleanse our image center. We have the ability to say, Jesus, I'm asking you now to cleanse my image center. Anything that's come into my mind that is not of you, that thing that I just saw walking through the Publix, you know, that billboard that I just saw, cleanse my mind of that. I remember I used to watch this show when it very first came on called Criminal Minds because I love solving mysteries. I just love that. I've always, when I was a little kid, I always watched, you know, uh, read mystery, you know, Trixie Belt and all that kind of stuff. And it was fine for maybe about the first year. Then after that, I started having nightmares because it became so dark. And for me, I personally can't watch it. So I had to cleanse my image center of some of that um, things that they had on there. They were just too dark, too demonic, too evil for me. And I can't see horror movies. I can't see anything like that because it, it just messes with my mind. And I know for some people it might be something else that really distracts them. So I have to clean my image center. And when I see something that goes across my eyes that normally I would not have any part of, I just cleanse my image center. God, you just need to erase that thought because or that picture out of my mind because I don't want that clouding my imagination. I don't want it interfering with what I'm partnering with you to do. And, at, you know, when you think about different people in Scripture, like, you know, we talked a little bit about Adam, and you think about Abraham being told, okay, so see all those stars in the sky? That's going to be your descendants. Can you imagine the activation of his imagination there? And he's, you know, just being able to see, oh, look, at there's, Hundreds of thousands. I don't know how big his imagination was to be able to see. And he believed God. And Romans says, um, we won't turn there right now, but, um, or you can. It's, it's Romans 5. I think I will turn there. And it talks about Abraham and how he did not waver in his belief of God. He did not waver. And what God told him. Now, it didn't mean he didn't ask God about it. Where are all those descendants? With those descendants, I'm going to need a son. I'm going to need something. It didn't mean that he didn't try to help God, him and Sarah. It didn't mean that there wasn't interaction. It wasn't like he, if you read scripture, you would say, it didn't look like he believed. It looked like he might have had some doubt. But God said, no, he didn't have any doubt. He just had some interaction. He just had some thought processes. Him and Sarah had some plans to help God because they felt like God might need some help. So, of course, she has Hagar and Ishmael. How many has tried to help God? I have tried to help God a couple times, more than, probably more than a couple, maybe a couple thousand times. And, you know, uh, how many ever said, now, God, if you just did this, or, you know, God, it would really work out great if this happened, or... Maybe if you could make all the lights turn green on my way, then I wouldn't be late to work. I mean, you know, to the simple things, to the more complex things, we do try to help God sometimes. And, and in that helping of God, sometimes it delays or interferes with what he wants to do. But he does get done what he wants to do, and we know that. 
But it's but when we think about using our imagination, and God specifically talked to me about using our imagination for healing. And I'm going to have Karen share something. She's going to come up in a minute because God wants us to learn to be able to see in our minds, have an emotional connection inside of us to what it looks like to be healed. Because as we think, we become. And if we can see ourselves in a state of wholeness, if we can see ourselves and think about what does that look like to be totally whole? What does that look like to be totally well? What does that look like? How would I move? What would I do? There's an emotional attachment to that. Karen, why don't you come up? Because I want you to share this. She actually just told me this the other day. I told her what I was going to preach on. And she started telling me this whole thing. And I said, I want you to share this because it's a, it's a perfect illustration to what I'm talking about. In 1978, I was diagnosed with scleroderma. And back in those days, they didn't know much about it. It took a team of 12 doctors from around the world to f- even figure out what I had. And when they figured it out, they sent me home, and they said, we'll keep you comfortable. Um, You go home, change your diet, and eat, but don't ever go to the library and research it. So I never did. And I had a friend across the street who knew Jesus, but she also taught me about visualization. So every day when I would put my babies down for a nap, I'd lay on my living room floor, and I would visualize all the lesions from the scleroderma that were on my body as black. And I would chop them up and I would push them out my feet. And I did this for almost three years. And then um, I had to have emergency surgery in 1980, no, let me think, Uh, I get confused. Yeah, 1986. And while I was in the hospital, they decided to send my blood to Connecticut to have it tested to see what, how, you know, how I was progressing with the disease. Only this time it came back and my markers were so low they didn't know how to tell me how it was progressing because there is no remission for scleroderma. Once you have it, you have it all your life and you die from it. They had given me 20 years and they had told me I already had the nine years in so I really only had 11 years left. So over the years after that, they kept monitoring me. Every three months I'd go back for blood. Then they said, it's the same. You come back every six months. Well, then it came to be come back every year. So when I turned 60 and went in, it isn't even in my blood work anymore. They can't find any part of it anywhere. Now wait, it gets better. (laughs) So five years ago, I had a problem with my eye, and I lost vision in it. And every reason that's supposed to cause it, I don't have. And then come this past February, I had another event with my eye. And they said, we've got to find out what's causing this with your eyes. So they said, let's look at the scleroderma again. So I went to two new doctors, went through a battery of tests, went through all kind of blood work, and they even contacted the old doctors at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, which happens to be now, it's called the Scleroderma Mission Center, which I had no idea, but that's where I started out years ago. So they called them, but they couldn't offer anything either. They, they were like, we don't know. But this time, I decided I'm researching it on the Internet. I'm not going to let the doctors tell me. I'm going to research it. So I started reading case after case after case from the National Institute of Health. 
I started reading cases from uh, Mayo Clinic, and then I started looking at the pictures. And that's when I realized how great God is. Because the lesions that I have, you know, God didn't just save me from death. He saved me from being disfigured, from my body becoming contorted. He saved me from being crippled. And I didn't know any of this. So what I've learned from this is that when you don't see God working, you got to trust him. He's working because I could have ended up like any of the people that I've seen on the Internet. And the other thing is, is like Cindy said, Psalms 23, 7, as a man thinks, so he becomes. And I just would imagine it that it was like, like a, you know, like I was whole, like it is in heaven on earth. And I can walk, and it's gone. And the doctors t to this day are going, no, 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 it can't be. And then they don't know what to say after they see my blood work because it is not there, and the lesions never got to where they were supposed to be. That's good. That's good. <clears throat> That's really good. And there is such power in our mind. And I know I, I did a couple sermons on, um, uh, I forget the name of it, uh, Switch on Your Brain. And uh, Dr. Carolyn Lee, she is a Christian and a doctor, and she goes through the whole thing of the power of your mind and how when you think a positive thought, it actually sends neurons that are alive. They look like a tree. When you think and they attach to whatever in your body. When you think a negative thought, the neurons are bent over like a wilted tree, and they also attach. They, the Harvard Medical Institute did a study and said that between 73 and 92, I think it was, percent of illness is caused by uh, negative words, negative thoughts, um, environments, that type of thing. So we have the power to change our minds because the word says that we have the mind of Christ and that day by day, Hour by hour, we're being transformed more and more into his image. He wants us to shine and look like him. And he, he wasn't sick. He wasn't diseased. He wants us to be like him. And in this whole process of an imagination, how many have you, of you have, have really dreamed something and wrote it down and thought about it and declared it and talked to God and you've seen it come to life? Now they were about, about half of you. Okay, so we're, that's what we're going to do because everything from, um, you know, writing a book. I dreamed about writing a book. I imagined what it would look like. Not because I wanted to write a book, because I wanted to share what God had done in my life the way other books had changed me. And then a book came. I took the action. When we dream about things, we use our imagination to call them forth. We write them down on a piece of paper. We believe God. You know, the word says that we declare a thing and it's established for us. So our light will shine. You know, we're not doing this so people say, oh, wow, somebody built a house. No, we're doing it because we're saying, oh, you know, we partnered with God and we knew what we were going after. And he helped us and guide us along the way. That's what we want. We give him all the glory in what happens. We give him the glory of, of what's happening in my life right now, what's happening in your life, in your life, in your life. You know, we give him all the credit for it. But people see that he does it through living human beings. 
And it's not just, you know, sharing the gospel with people. Our lives reflect Christ. Our possessions reflect Christ. The things that we do reflect Christ. So when you're using your imagination in partnership with God, then you see what you're dreaming of come to life. You see the fruition of it. And if, if um, that's so funny. You know how some a fleeting thought comes through your mind. You're like, oh, hang, hang on, hang on. You need to halt that train. But you know, I want us to not be afraid to dream. I want us not to be afraid to use our imagination. And we can cleanse our image center. We can say, God, anything in us that would skew that imagination, that thought, that process at all, I'm asking you to get rid of it. And as I dream and imagine with you, as I dream of my perfect health, as I dream about what's happening inside of me, the other, uh, when I was... I think it was about six weeks ago or so. I can't remember. But I played tennis with, um, I played mixed doubles. I played tennis with some guys. And it's a little bit faster, harder game than it is normally. And I hurt my knee. I don't know what I did with it. And for a few weeks, and finally, when I was in Denver, I thought, I I think I'm going to have to go to an orthopedist because it's really hurting. And, you know, we were at a pastor's meeting, and I asked one of the girls, because they said, you know, they have almost 100% healing in their church. They're almost at 100%. And I'm like, that's what I want, because that's what I go after is healing all the time and, and, and fullness of life. And I said, how do you do that? And she says, I have faith for, you know, for what God is doing to happen inside of them. And I'm like, so I go to bed that night, and I said, God, I have faith for my knee to be healed. And I just put my hand on it, and I'm like, God, I just have faith for that. And the next morning, I woke up, and it was fine. I'm like, okay, God. So I believe that there's a partnership between that imagination, between the faith. Because what is faith? It's It's believing what is unseen. I believe that we can all get healed. I believe that what we imagine, what we partner with with God is coming to life. I believe the prophetic words that have been given are going to come to life. But there's stewardship that comes with that. We have to steward what we've been given. If If you're imagining for winning the lottery and you're not a good steward of money, I would probably not imagine for that. Because God knows. I mean, you see those. I mean, we don't buy lottery tickets anyhow, but I'm not going to say anything about that. But, but, you know, you see the stories. There's actually even a TV show that people who went bankrupt after they won $100 million because they didn't know how to steward what they'd been given. They hadn't had the discipline and the practice and that, that ability to be able to steward. So God's not going to give you something that's going to kill you. He's not going to give you something that's going to derail the destiny that he has for you. He's a better protector of you than we are of us. You know, we think we take good care of ourselves. No, he, ta- he takes the best care of us because he's not going to do anything that's going to turn us from him. He's not going to give you something that's going to make you go astray. So I want us to imagine this morning... I want us to cleanse our image center, and I want you to imagine something that you've been dreaming about with God. And we're going to come into agreement with that this morning, whether it's for healing, whether it's for uh, a house. 
I know I was praying with somebody, agreeing with someone for a house that is looking for a house, whatever it is. And then God's going to show you the steps you're supposed to take to make that process come alive. Okay? So let's cleanse our image center first. Just close your eyes for a minute. And just say, Jesus, cleanse my image center of anything that doesn't align with you. Forgive me for any way that I've defiled it on purpose by not guarding my heart and my mind. Thank you, Jesus, for cleansing my image center. So that's the first step. The second step is to line your heart up with the Word of God. So as you come into your thought this morning, just just whatever you feel like you want to imagine, and it's probably something you've already been imagining about, this is what it's going to look like. But we're going to take it a step further. We're going to take it from just imagine in your mind to um, imagine what it's going to look like when I get it. So once you have that, I want you to stand up. The Lord told me he's going to teach us to use our imagination to bring forth from the supernatural to the natural into reality. So I want you, now you've got a picture of what it looks like. I want you to just take 30 seconds and just imagine what it's going to be when it's fulfilled. What are you going to be able to do? What is it going to do for your family? your region, your country, whatever it is you're imagining, I want you to see it as done.
And Lord, we just release the power of breakthrough for each one here, for what they have imagined in their mind. God, we just call it forth. Your word says that we call things that are not as though they are. We call every one of them forth. As we have thought it, so we become. And we just release the uh, agreement with these pictures, with these dreams, with these designs that, that are in their mind. And God, we just thank you that um, I just keep seeing there's a domino that's been pushed today. And it will release the rest of the dominoes to go that path. So, Lord, we just release, we just watch those dominoes fall. And, and we just, um, I see each domino is a step that the Lord's going to give you for this next thing. So, Lord, we just thank you for your steps. We thank you for your agreement. We thank you for the release of healing over bodies. We, we thank you for the release of, um, I just see money coming into hands. Uh, Lord, for opportunities to be uh, opened up, jobs. I feel like there's jobs going to be opened up and um, to move from where they are into the place that they are imagining with you about. So, Father, we just thank you that your word has activated our imagination. And we thank you, Lord, that what we are imagining, we will become. It will be brought before us. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. And all those people said, amen, amen. Thank you. You guys have a good week. It's going to be awesome. I want you to be expectant, and I want you to activate something today that the Lord has shown you. Thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed today's episode, do us a favor before you go. I promise it will only take a very short time. Please head to iTunes and rate this podcast. This is huge for us in terms of improving our ranking and keeping the show visible so other people can discover it. So thank you ahead of time for helping us out. To find out more about Unleashing the Champion Within, go to our website, cindy-stewart.com. Our music today is by Alexander and the Grapes. Check out their latest release, Hyperself, on iTunes.